AI and privacy. What risks does AI create? Does it create privacy risks? And how do you solve those challenges? Does AI solve privacy challenges? Can it be used as a solution? And how can organizations embrace privacy? For all this and more, we have none other than Frederico Marengo, who has also written a book called Privacy and AI, Protecting Individuals in the Age of AI. Let's go and talk to him. Hello, and welcome to the Fit for Privacy podcast with Puneet Bhatia. This is the podcast for those who care about their privacy. Here, your host, Puneet Bhatia, has conversations with industry leaders about their perspectives, ideas, and opinions relating to privacy, data protection, and related matters. Be aware that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not legal advice. Let us get started. So here we are with Frederico. Welcome, Frederico, to the Fit for Privacy podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Puneet, for uh, having me here. I'm happy. I'm very happy to to be part of your podcast, which is very well known. So uh, let's get started. Thank you so much, and let's get started with a very simple question: AI or artificial intelligence? When you think about that, what is the one word that comes to your mind? It's an interesting question. I think that um, it would say innovation. Uh, yeah. Because we also we always uh, think about AI um, as a as an static uh, as an static process, but we are we are always innovating and moving forward and developing new systems and new features uh, with which we can improve uh, the outputs of the of the systems. I agree with you. It's about innovation, and it can create a lot of opportunities and options. But how do you see the AI or artificial intelligence evolving in last few years? Because AI, if we look at it in the broader sense of it, has been there for almost fifty years or even more. So there has been not artificial intelligence, there has been automation. But how do you see this evolution in last, say, few years or something? And uh, well, this is this is also a good question because, as you said, it, it is not artificial. The, the word artificial intelligence is not new. You mentioned it before. It was it has more than fifty years. I would say that it has seventy. I think that the the, the first uh, time it was coined, it was in nineteen fifty six. So we can say that there is a long way on on artificial intelligence. But I think that there are there were many developments that have completely changed the way in which we are using and enjoy uh, yeah uh, taking taking the, the the fruits of ai first of all the improvement in in hardware the improvement of a computational power that duplicates the duplicates every two years the capacity of uh, hardware into to process uh, information it, it provides the groundwork for for getting more and more um, computational power and also the info, the informational the information available so uh, now we live in the digital area and before in the 50s 60s and 70s there were paper records so there were little um, information in digitalized uh, manner so if we put together if you put together the the increase in the computational power and the information available you can see that uh, a lot of uh, artificial intelligence systems can be developed and Artificial intelligence more powerful, but going more more concretely on how how it's changed in the last uh, in the last couple of years, 
we can see that there are different with different waves in in what we consider or or where we put our attention in artificial intelligence because let's remember artificial intelligence is in general software it is like any any other software but it can it can have different implications or different uh, connotation different features previously I, in around 16, 2016, 2017, there were, there, were, um, there were claims about artificial intelligence because of uh, predictive policing. You, you remember the Compass case in the US or uh, other cases where, the, where individuals were, were profiled or were, um, yeah, were, they were profiled in order to see whether they could commit crimes or not. And this was a, a very, it, it created outcry in the US. Then more recently, we have the problematic of facial recognition, in particular when it is used for uh, law enforcement. Uh, we've seen it in the 2020, 2019. Uh, this was all, also an interesting, it was the basis of many, many reports, many investigations. But now we have a totally different, uh, a totally different AI, which is, is what we can call gen generative AI or large language models, in which we can use AI systems to produce uh, to produce uh, materials, either text like ChatGPT or videos, images. So I think that nowadays. Uh, generative AI is the most uh, it is in the mouth of almost everyone and we are we are I think that it, it creates it created a uh, a new point uh, a new point in uh, of discussions on on AI I agree with you and when we say uh, that it started uh, in 1940s and 50s and automation and all that I have an interesting anecdote I was reading in a book that Plato, the philosopher, in about 300 or 400 BC was saying that when we, they started to write things, he said, that's automation. And he said, we, he was strongly against it. And he said, putting too much trust into future intelligence by writing things of past would only diminish the human intelligence. And he was uh, against, and he said, writing should only be to remind people rather than use as an intelligence. So the debate that we are having now in 2023 or even later 24 and even 25 is a debate which has been going on for last 2400 years per se, yeah. because that's how it has been. Every time there's a new development, people say, oh, that's going to be counterproductive. That's going to kill the human intelligence and all that. But We've survived so many years, and I'm very sure we will survive many, many more. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't, I don't agree with, uh, with, the, with those claims that says that well, it is the end of, it is the end of uh, yeah. human beings as we we know, or the end of human of humanity. Of course, there are there might be systems which are completely different, and, and it, that entails a, a total different setup, like. Uh, AGI or artificial artificial uh, general intelligence, but I think that we are far far from from reaching that, that point. I think that many things will change, of course, uh, but it also changed with any other the technological developments like like cars, like uh, the the invention of the telephone, the invention of 
electric light. So I think that it it will require from us uh, a lot of effort to adapt to the new technologies. I'm very sure and I fully agree with you. AI is not going to kill the human race. AI is not going to be stealing all our personal data. It is not going to be a more mission impossible or a Star Wars kind of a scenario. It's going to be okay. There would be challenges, but we will solve them. And you mentioned, uh, uh, or you wanted to probably refer and then you probably refrain. There's also something called generative AI that people are talking about these days. Uh, do you have a view on that also? Um, yes, well, gen generative AI, as, as, as we know, it is, is artificial intelligence that can produce, um, that can produce, uh, in, in, in general, we are, we are most shocked by uh, ChatGPT and large language model that produce yeah. text. So uh, it can create information from, from prompting when, when we insert some prompts in the, in the software, it can create different, uh, different kinds of results. Uh, it can be text, which is uh, at least for for my job or for my for my interactions with the with the um, with the technology is, is is the one that I am most used and most more interested in. But also, it can create also videos, sounds, um, uh, images. So it creates it gives it gives us a, a lot of uh, important things to to work on but also as you know not everything is uh, is gold or not everything is roses it also creates huge risks huge risks because you know that the ability to create videos from persons the ability to create voice uh, from uh, to extract the voice and and create uh, dialogues it can it can lead to the creation of deep fakes. So, as long as with the, with the technology, we have to be fully aware of the risks that we, we are uh, putting and, and and how we can mitigate them uh, when we are using these technologies. I think fully with you. And maybe if we go deep into that part of the deep fakes, I think it can also create some privacy risks in general because if you start inter extrapolating the data and continue to uh, say create images, create text, create uh, personal data, and may, so many things, and maybe take create deep fakes and create videos. Would it create a huge amount of privacy challenge also? Yes, and, and here and here is where we can discuss. I would say for for a couple of for a, for a couple of days because yes, it creates. I think that it creates uh, many risks. I don't think, and personally, I think that I am the, the, the on the minority. For instance, when it, when it comes to ChatGPT, I don't think that it creates severe uh, risks. It creates some. I think that the most the most problematic risks for organizations using. Um, and, and sorry, I refer to your organization because I, I, I work with organizations. But it also creates risk for individuals using it. Um, I think that the, the most problematic risks are related also not only to personal data but also to confidential company information and, and to proprietary information because uh, it is not entirely clear what what it is what what will be for which purposes will be used this information even though we have uh, we have some assurances from from service providers we don't we don't fully know and we know that uh, information can also be leaked but for instance, giving to, to name to name a couple of examples of risks that I see that can be created, um, you know that uh, when it creates 
uh, images and text, images and, and videos or voice, you can also lead to the generation of the effects. Imagine, for instance, right now we end uh, it, it it start a new world in uh, in Middle East. So you can you can have also uh, warfare and, and uh, deep fakes, uh, or also the intervention in uh, political political discussions. You can have uh, deep fakes uh, used used by. Uh, criminal actors or, or people who wants to uh, med meddle into into elections, but also but also I think that we need to be we need to be conscious and we need to be aware of what information we are providing. Uh, for instance, when we speak about um, LLMs, uh, because again. Even if we have some we have some assurances, in particular if we use, for instance, paid versions of, of the systems, that the information will not be used for training AI systems. You need to know that and you need to be careful of what information are you feeding the, the software with, because uh, first it can be the case that this information is used to, to train the system, or also this information, even if it even if it is not used to train the system, this information is already fed into the system. And if uh, if the system uh, suffers from a data breach, this information can be uh, in the wild. So we need to be careful uh, with the information that uh, that we put to to the systems. You mentioned the term LLM. Uh, yes. If I understand well, uh, you mean the large language models, right? Yes. So what 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 do you mean? Or do you want to elaborate on that? Yes. Well, uh, a part part of when we maybe I, sometimes I use the terms interchangeably, but this is not inter interchangeably. Uh, generative AI is a is a group of uh, technologies. One of them is large language models, uh, and it's la in large language models we can see text generation. So, uh, and the most the most well known example is is ChatGPT. But there are also service providers like Google with Bard. Uh, well, Microsoft is also is also providing uh, is also providing ChatGPT. But but um, we we for instance, if you see translation, um, DeepL, the, the the AI powered translator uses large language models. So large language models can can serve different functions, not only text generation but also translation. And we have been using tra uh, translator for for a long time. So even if we are not fully aware that this also uh, came into the category uh, and are covered by the category of um, large language models, yes, they are they are also included in them. Okay, so that's. Uh quite insightful that LLMs are also a type of uh, generative AI or generative data. And uh, do you think while there are challenges that AI can also be a solution for privacy protection as you've been writing that book, AI and Privacy, and it's uh, released recently. Do you think there's well, an overlap? Well, uh, yes, I, I think that, and in fact, there are also many technologies that we are currently using uh, that are supported or, or, or they are powered by AI and help us in in our job. For instance, um, if you see if you consider, for instance, um, uh, firewall, firewalls or anti-spam anti-spam mechanism, they they use 
AI to detect what make what emails or what SMS are considered as a spam or or fraudulent. And, and here we can see how the technology can be used to support uh, to support either privacy or security because uh, security is part of privacy and uh, it is in the interest of, of, of all of us. Then, then you can see data discovery. Data discovery, many service providers offer uh, data discovery services <coughs> That are for, for people that do not know, do not know data discovery services. Uh, for instance, when we are doing a data mapping, you don't know uh, where the information is, or when when you are when you are answering or look, seeking for the information of to to reply to for the response of a, a DSR a data subject request, uh, you don't know where the information is. Data discovery can help you to seek into the different systems of the company to pull the information or retrieve the information from the data subject that needs to be uh, provided. So absolutely, uh, artificial intelligence can help. Uh, it can also help uh, using uh, generative AI because, uh, because well, you know that uh, we can use these systems. You were explaining me about uh, the benefits or how AI can help protect privacy through data discovery, having some intelligence around data breaches and things like that. So that means there are constructive use cases of AI in terms of protecting privacy. But now to do all that, a company must embrace AI as a opportunity, as a thing to do. Do you have ideas or inputs on how can companies embrace this AI challenge or AI opportunity, whichever way we call it? Oh, that's. I think that this is this is a fundamental question because uh, first of all, we have to to think that many uses of AI can is uh, is taken even without the knowledge of managerials or even without the knowledge of C uh, C suite uh, C suite uh, people. So. First of all, I think that uh, it is important that we train people, we inform people on the acceptable uses and non-acceptable uses of AI. We know that ChatGPT is going to be used by many, many people in different organizations. So I would say that there are many, there are many measures that companies should take. First, of, first of all, is to start thinking about a, a privacy, um, an AI policy where they can, and, the, and this AI policy can have different facets, but the most important would be, first of all, to, to uh, outline the principles in which under which privacy should be used or should not be used. Um, and also, what are the, what are the uh, again, what are the acceptable uses and non-acceptable uses, and what are the procedures that can be uh, taken when this, uh, this policy is not followed. Then of course it is it is not all, it is not always it is not also a paper a paperwork. We need to work within the organization, within the people of the organization, and uh, increase the awareness of them in the use in the acceptable uses of AI. So training is, is very important uh, because we can we can have the best policy in the world because but. Uh, if this policy is either not implemented, non-understandable, uh, people do not follow, they are not convinced, uh, 
why they, they are not persuaded why they should follow uh, these procedures um, it is it is impossible to it is impossible to succeed so uh, working with people via tra via trainings, uh, workshops, uh, making them to understand how this can be used, and also, of course, we will need to make some some amendments or some uh, considerations on, in, in particular, in our field, on how to use generative AI or different AI tools with personal data. Uh, but again, personal uh, AI, it is as any any other tool it is a tool it is software so uh, we need to be ready we need to be prepared for different challenges and privacy privacy should be also embedded into these uh, into these policies i'm fully with you and you have just like me and aline written a book called ai and privacy and it's recently published can you tell us something about it what is it about um, well, yes, I, I recently published, I, it was a couple of, of weeks ago, I published the, my, my book, which is uh, Privacy and, and AI. Uh, it, it was a very, very long journey. Uh, I would say that I started writing the materials with which, that, uh, that I after use, with which I after used the, for the book in 2018, because most of the book, the, most of the book is a byproduct of my PhD thesis. I completed the PhD a couple of months ago, so uh, I started writing. I started writing it on 2018. So it was a very long journey, and and well, in this in this book, I have different uh, different sections. But the on the on an out, an outline would be that I started. I start. Speaking about AI, what are the what, what are the different concepts of AI? I use also the I evaluate AI under the light of the AI the proposed AI regulation, which is also which will be also be a, a, a huge milestone for for regulation in Europe. Uh, but I think that the most important part is the evaluation of the privacy implication or the privacy challenges of the use of AI. And also, I, I put forward some proposals on how either governments, in, in terms of, of policy or changing, uh, law, changing laws, or can, organizations can tackle the challenges of using the AI, for instance, using standards where, where, legislation, where legislation is not, is not enough, not detailed enough, or or unclear whether well, we can go we can go and use uh, standards for in some in some cases as, as even as, as a guidance for for the practical implementation of uh, legislative provisions uh, there are some conceptualizations on the on the chief privacy chief uh, ai officer uh, and it is it, that this this person would this person would fulfill uh, and would evaluate the ethical implication of the use of AI system. It is a it is a position that it is uh, also implemented in some large organization. Of course, these, these are the organizations that can afford uh, this kind of position. But these are these are some of the some of the mechanisms with which we can uh, mitigate the risks posed by AI systems. Very interesting, and. If I may ask you then a personal question, do you use AI 
in your personal life? I use it. I use it a lot. Uh, I can deny it. I use uh, ChatGPT. I I use other uh, AI systems. Um, but yes, I I use it. I think that in what I what I've learned from from using and and I think that we our conversation revolves always around the generative AI because it is the it is the password. Uh, what I've learned is that. I think that it is it is a great technology to use. We need to be aware that the the output that we receive, we need to be capable or we need to be able to understand whether this output is correct or not, because it can create a, again huge risks uh, if we use it without any consideration of the veracity or uh, the, the accuracy of the result. But yes, I use I I do use it. I think it does make sense because there are some good use cases of use AI, and if you use it in a responsible manner, it's really helpful. Now, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 and I and I think that you you hit the nail with the word uh, responsible manner. I think that AI AI is a is an excellent tool. Uh, it is there for us. It is it is in the market for to, to help us. It will not replace our our job, but as you said, we need to use it responsibly. Using it responsibly means that we need to be fully aware of the risks that it entails. Uh, how can we use it, and also what can we do to reduce the risk of uh, of AI? Absolutely. Now, based on this conversation, two questions. I know. If somebody wants to buy your book AI and privacy, they need to go to Amazon. So I answered that question myself. But the second part of the question is, if they want to contact you, what's the best way? Um, well, I I will also I will also reply your first question. It is also the book is also in digital version in Payhip. It is a it is a, it is another a, a bookstore online, but the, for for the digital for the paperback, it is true. It is published on, on Amazon, but if they want to contact me, the, I, I think the best way is to is via LinkedIn because I I am I am fairly active in LinkedIn, uh, so yeah, and I and I try to reply all the messages that I that I receive. Of course, and sometimes it takes more time, uh, okay. but yes, I, I I think that LinkedIn is the best way to to contact me. Very much so these days. I think for professional platforms or professional connects, LinkedIn is the place to be. So, Frederico, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for sharing your insights. Uh, I am I am very very happy to be to be here with you. Thank you very much for the invitation and looking forward to uh, to discuss again with you uh, about these really really interesting topics. Sure, and all the best for your book. Thank you very much. Thank you very much again. Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, feel free to share it with a friend and write a review. If you have already done so, thank you so much. And if you did not like the show, don't bother and forget about it. Take care and stay safe. Fit for Privacy helps you to create a culture of privacy and manage risks by creating, defining, and implementing a privacy strategy that includes delivering scenario-based training for your staff. We also help those who are looking to get certified in CIPPE, CIPM, and CIPT 
through on-demand courses that help you prepare and practice for certification exam. Want to know more? Visit www.fitforprivacy.com. That's www.fit4privacy.com. If you have questions or suggestions, drop an email at hello at fitforprivacy.com. Until next time, goodbye.